come stop and take a trip down on my block where you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from Penrose to north side from benton park to old north the west end the west side we blessed when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is stitch cast studio produced by st louis story stitchers in st louis missouri in this week's episode youth leaders discuss their fears and concerns about the covid 19 vaccine in our q a discussion with dr lori punch they say who that but you already knew that that beat them story stitches story stitches story stitches hello everybody thank you to everybody who's tuning in today for another episode of Stitchcast studio today we're going to be talking about the covid vaccine you know because everybody's a little bit worried about it or some people are all for it so we're going to kind of try to shed some light around this area and we have a very special guest with us here today, Dr. L.J. Punch. Thank you so much again for joining us today for this recording. Uh, we really appreciate it and everything you've done for Story Stitchers. So um, just to jump into it, I wanted to ask you all from your personal um, opinion, you know, and just from what you all have researched and what you have read or heard on the news about the vaccine, what are some of the pros and what are some of the cons that you feel would affect our community, you know, and you individually and those who are looking and trying to decide whether or not they want to get the vaccine? I think it was like slightly rushed out. And also like from what I've observed, like the people that have allergic reactions, it's like the same symptoms as when you actually have COVID. So. I mean, I don't know like the long-term effects, like what that could be, but it just seems like short-term to be kind of like not fun, <laughs> like to be sick for three days. They said like three days, right? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how long the symptoms last. That's something I haven't really dug into. I do know, I think they said patients who get it that are between the ages, I think it was like 17 and 55, if I'm not mistaken, or like 18 and 55, I could be wrong. Um, but those were the ones they saw were being affected and had the most trouble with it. So, yeah. But that would just be like my major concern, like at least short term. I mean, we obviously don't know what long term looks like yet, but at least on the short term. I definitely, I definitely agree because since it's been rushed down, there's not been a, I don't think there's been a lot of tests. The people who get it first or the people who's getting it now are basically going to be the results. So we won't know what will happen long term with the vaccine. Yeah. So I'm hearing the, the main concern is just kind of like, we're just uncertain about long term. I think it's a pro and a con for me, you know, that they were able to get it out in half of the time that they said they were going to get it out. Um, you know, because it's like, okay, good, we got this, you know, at least we, we could start somewhere. But then too, you know, then on the other end, it's still like, well, is this safe? <laughs> or how safe is it, you know? So um, that thing, that's probably uh, my, main, my main thing right there, you know? Cause I think at the beginning of it, they were saying it's gonna take like 18 months 
before we have a vaccine. And you know, and that could still be the case. They might be saying like, until we have a vaccine that we know is the vaccine, um, you know, cause it's only been nine months and they're rolling it out. So yeah, anybody else got any um, pros and cons just off the top? You know, when you hear about the vaccine being rolled out, one other one I I think is I believe to be a pro is a lot of people can not hold their breaths, uh, meaning that they have some type of relief, mm. knowing that there is some type of result that we're getting that could possibly make this situation better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree as well. Dr. Punch, question for you. This question could be for any vaccine, really. Like, does it help if you get the vaccine and you currently have like the virus or COVID? Does that work or, do, or should you like wait till after it passes and then go and get the vaccine? That's a really great question. Um, and one that no matter what I say, uh, will come with the answer, we don't know. I wonder if I could ask all y'all a question before yeah. I make any comments. A question sort of like what you just asked, Amira, but it's a slightly different question. I, I want you to fill in this blank, okay? When it comes to the plan for the COVID-19 vaccine, what matters to me most is what? I'd love to hear your responses filling in that blank. Um, what matters to me most is my family. Like right when you said that, that's that's the word I thought about, you know, and I thought about all the people in my household, you know, and then all the people they're connected to, you know. So that's that's what matters most to me is my family. I think just like normalcy again that hopefully will come as a result after some time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that because I feel like it spread is so fast and things change so fast. And it feels like just a few months ago, we were like not wearing masks and be able to go anywhere we want. And that was a different set of rules. Absolutely. Definitely agree. Because honestly, this year has been, it's been, uh, had a lot of ups and downs because because of this, I didn't have a prom or anything. So I want it to, you know what I'm saying, go back to us going outside having fun again with each other. All the activities and things that involve other people. I want that to basically be a thing again. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think we all are the same page. It's kind of gotten old and played out. Sounds like that that everyone would really like to be able to see each other, spend time together, and do the things that we care about. It also sounds like people concerned about their families and how bad this virus has been. And I think those things make a lot of sense. And I think when we make the decisions and think about the vaccine, we the truth is, the truth is for right now, in December 2020, we are being forced to make decisions about something we don't have all the information. You know, you are right. When when this when the when the hope of creating a vaccine was started, everyone said 
year and a half at a minimum to create a vaccine because that's based on how long it has taken in the past to both create a vaccine and then test the ability of that same vaccine to make the human immune system ready to fight that virus. So in a way, Amira, you are totally, you knocked it out of the park. We have a vaccine, which although it has been tested for safety to see if when people take it, it's going to make them immediately very sick. We have, we've done tests for that, but we haven't seen over the long term how this vaccine impacts the human immune system to be able to fight coronavirus. Yeah. And I think that's a very, very important thing to understand about the particular sets of vaccines that we have. You know, the earliest these were trialed in a serious large trial in human bodies is July. So we don't even have six full months of information about the long-term impact of having the vaccine. One of the things that you've probably seen in the news a lot is all these things that it is, but uh, you know, people aren't really being quick to talk about what we don't know. Mm. And, and I think that's an important thing to recognize what we don't know. Yeah, definitely. Also, Dr. Punch, do you understand, because that's something I haven't heard much about is why we have to have um, two doses before I guess it actually works. Do you under do you know anything about that that we don't know? Because, you know, I feel like uh, we're kind of left in the dark. It's like it's been said, but I haven't heard anything that says why it's that way. OK, so let's let's just take a step back before that step and talk about what a virus is. Because if we don't understand what a virus is, we it's very hard to understand what a vaccine is. So first of all, a virus is not alive. It is a package of genetic information wrapped in a membrane that keeps the genetic information inside that lacks the cell machinery to reproduce itself and to give itself energy and power. Uh, a simpler way of saying that is to say that viruses are basically zombies. <laughs> and they don't live on their own fully. They're dependent on the hosts. And so the way viruses cause infections is the virus spreads through bodily fluids or through the air on droplets or just freely in the air like COVID and gets to a surface on our body where it can be absorbed. Now, in when it comes to coronavirus, it's very good at doing that in our nose and in our upper respiratory tract along the lining of our respiratory tract where the mucus is in your nose or in your mouth. And once that virus gets to that lining, it gets to one of our cells, it has a protein called a spike protein that it literally spikes our cells with. So now it's like zombies with knives, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it literally 
injects almost like a needle its genetic information inside the cell and plops its code right there in front of our cells and says, hey, can I use your energy and reproducing power to make more copies of myself? And just like an old-fashioned Xerox copy machine, it just makes your cell repeat itself, repeat itself, repeat itself, and make tons of copies of itself using the cell's machinery. And literally after that, it makes so many copies, it explodes the cell. Wow. So now around the cell is a dead cell and then all these viruses. And then all those viruses can go to all the other cells and do the same thing. So the virus multiplies exponentially. So two times two is four, four times four is 16 and so forth. So it grows really fast. Mm. The thing about it is your ability to stop it is tough, right? Because how do you kill a zombie? Right. right? How do you kill something that's not actually alive? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Our bodies have ways of fighting bacterial infections because bacteria have a weakness because bacterial cells are a lot like our own cells. They need energy and they make their own reproduction. And so there's lots of antibiotics and natural immune cells that can take out bacteria because they're vulnerable. But the zombies, there's not a lot of ways to take them out. So mm -hmm. the vaccine, right? The vaccine is usually some part of that virus that is injected into your body that then stimulates a similar kind of response. But mm. the thing is, instead of telling your cells to repeat itself, repeat itself, make a copy of the virus, you only make a copy of a little tiny piece of the virus. And usually it's the piece of the virus that is the part that you see, the part that your cells interact with that in this case, when it comes to coronavirus, that same spike protein. Mm. So yes, the person who said, I heard you get the vaccine and you get sick just like you have coronavirus was dead on right. Because you essentially are tricking your body into making a tiny part of the same virus. Mm. And so here's a really another really just basic but fascinating part of what it is to get a viral infection. The virus causes the infection. So the virus is the reason why it gets into your cells and infects your cells, right? An infection is an invasion of the barrier of your body and the proliferation of an organism that's not you, right? That's an infection. But the disease is your body's response to that infection. And everyone, because of their own bodies, their own organs, and their own immune system, will have a different disease response to that same infection. There are some people who don't get sick at all when they get a coronavirus infection, and there are other people, God bless, who die. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that one infection can cause this wildly different set of disease is really about us. So the vaccine says, okay, I'm going to come in, I'm going to tell you to make copies of a little tiny piece of this virus. And so you will then see, wait, that's not me. And you'll attack it with your body's natural immunity, which includes proteins that can coat the virus and help your body literally eat it 
like a zombie of your own and like destroy it or break it apart or kill cells where the virus is on the inside trying to repeat itself. So basically your immune system can fight a virus, but it has to have seen it before or part of it before. So now fast forward to coronavirus vaccines. The two vaccines that have undergone the fastest creation, testing and approval by the FDA in the United States and in the UK are the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines that are based on something called messenger RNA. Now, typically viral vaccines include either a weakened version of the virus or genetic information from a very serious virus packaged inside a very mild virus that doesn't make you that sick. Either way, you get something kind of like what the thing is, and then your body learns to respond to it. Well, the messenger RNA is a version of that same internal genetic information that the virus has without any of the coding or any of the spike protein. And you have to inject it, just that little piece of genetic information directly into the muscle. This is why it has to be kept at a really, really cold temperature because it's basically a protein that could denature and fall apart if it was at room temperature. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason why you have to get more than one shot because it takes a little while for this to create enough of the information so that your body has enough of an immune response so that you have some ability to respond to a future coronavirus infection. This messenger RNA codes for, just like computer code, right? It codes for the spike protein on coronavirus. And it forces your cells to make that protein. Then your body recognizes, wait, I made that, but it's not actually me. I want to kill it now. And then you make antibodies and you have cells that are able to recognize it. So the next time your body sees coronavirus, it's not the first time it's seen it and it can fight the zombies before they take over mm. and you end up not getting the disease. So there's a lot more that can come after that, but that's the basic, you know, that's the big idea about what a vaccine is. And yeah. I, I tell you, it's really, really fascinating science. And that's why, you know, it's really important. I think people understand what it is that they're taking if they decide to get the vaccine. Hey, what's up, everybody? You know what time it is. It's time for another Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right. It's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitcher original entitled Good For Your Health. People, our people are dying from left to right. It needs to end now. We can't continue to live a life without resources. We're all sisters and brothers in the hands of the greatest. We must unite for this common cause, for each other's health. It all starts now. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like 
carrots. I like broccoli, give me cabbage. Empty yep. carbs, I can't handle, they do damage. I need balance, healthy habits. I'm hey. gon' grasp it, got a salad, take a pic. Post to Snapchat, meal planning is my hashtag cardio. In the morning, fruit smoothie with the oranges. Y'all stay young, but don't be sleeping on healthy eating. Time be creeping up on you and your body. Start reaping every seed that was sown. Good or bad, it will show. Red meats, cut them low, too many sweets. Gotta go. All your teeth gon' hit the floor and to work on cost most. Just gotta let you know that the stuff that you eat can change your life. But you decide in the end just how it go. You won't regret it later on. Yeah. Yeah, that's on you Cause I want to live a long life I got a lot of work to do So I put them cookies down And I pick an apple up Cause what you put down in your body Will eventually show up So I balance life with exercise And help ease all good vibes You only get what you put in So best believe that I'm eating right And you may think what's right is wrong What's wrong is wrong What's wrong is right But eating healthy is always right But eating healthy is always right We got these food deserts Placed in our hood Don't gotta walk far to find what's cheap and good But when I go to the store I'm not falling for the truth Put down the soda and candy and grab a water and turn on it. It may seem lame, but at least I'm fit. Five for two fruits and veggies, and I'm still lit. If we wanna beat the system and I live by gym, we gotta be conscious, become healthy. Clean system. And so you're saying that, you know, this is a normal thing, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of people are misinformed about, you know, especially because you have like the uh, flu vaccine and everybody's saying like, oh, I know somebody who got it and got sick, you know, and we're not understanding, well, this is why and this is the process of it. So thank you very much for breaking that down for us. So 
somebody, I think somebody else had a question that they wanted to ask. Um, my question is, like, if you could estimate the time it would take for us to go back to normal, like, for Corona to go down, do you think it's going to take a few years or, like, a few months? You know, I really wish I could say something that would be for sure. But, I mean, I have to tell you the truth. The truth is um, two things. One, we have only been on this planet for nine months living with coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 as part of our human existence. We don't know our own immune system's ability to fight this virus. And we don't know, therefore, even with the vaccine, how long it's going to take where it's not everywhere. Mm. There are some people who believe that this is our new normal in some ways, that we're going to have to figure out how to live life with coronavirus somewhere around. The same way we've learned to live life with the flu. The flu is disease you get from the influenza virus. Mm. And the vaccine creates partial immunity, a partial ability to fight when the zombies come in, but not a complete one. And that's why some people get it and some people don't. Why? Because the flu has mutated. The influenza virus has mutated and mutates every year so that we have to try to guess which version is it going to be the android version or the iphone version this year and we give people the vaccination that's as close as possible we but we end up missing it coronavirus might act similarly and so i think you have to break that question down into a smaller question which is is there a timeline of when we can hope that the virus at least goes down enough where it's safer to gather as long as we kept making the same precautions of wearing a mask, washing our hands and staying six feet away from people. I think that's a more practical goal. And if you think about the rollout of the vaccine to be where the general public is not going to get access to it until the spring and summer, mm. this, is, this is what I have told my friends because my friends have asked me this question. I don't think we're going to get back to being able to gather for another year. So that's next winter 2021. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're going to really know what is really going to happen globally with coronavirus until the winter 2022. Now, it can feel like maybe that's a reason to have despair. But I think what's going to be different is if this vaccine does what it seems to have done in these studies, it should change coronavirus, right? And COVID into something that makes people sick sometimes mm. uh, instead of what it is now, which is taking the lives of over 300,000 Americans. Right. So I feel like the hope is that COVID will be a less severe disease in the human body and that with time, there'll be less of it in our society. But I think that we have to be honest about what we don't know and in the possibility that we now live in a world with a new virus that is global. And it's a very, very, very powerful virus. And so things like hand washing, distance and face coverings are going to be kind of part of our world for a while to come. If we look at Asia, where 
two or three different strains like this virus have come to be over the last decade, life is different in Asia. People wear masks. And it's not just for the smog, right? So I feel like we are in a new normal. The thing I'm hopeful about, though, I'm really hopeful about this, is that at a minimum, less people are going to die. And I know as a young person, that might seem so far off, but I already heard from you guys how much you care about your family. And I know knowing that your family is safe, that your grandparents, your parents, aunts and uncles, and older revealed family members are going to be less likely to die from this disease has to be one that's at least a little bit comforting. Yeah, I would think so too. And speaking of communities, I was going to ask all of you all, why do you think we're seeing, you know, so much concern and worry and pushback from, you know, minority communities like the African-American community and the Hispanic communities, especially when it comes to uh, the vaccine? Do you all think there's like any particular reasoning behind it? You know, or I don't know. Why, why do you all think we're kind of seeing that in these two groups of people, especially? I think the major reason is it kind of just reveals what's like already been an issue. And I think it's that like historically and even currently, the government hasn't exactly been trustworthy, not necessarily doctors, but like people around doctors or just government officials have not been trustworthy. I mean, I think of like, what, like the Tuskegee experiments? And I just think there's there's a lack of trust and authority from people which, I mean, should be expected, but it is certainly like something to wrestle with. Yeah, I think, um, too, it's kind of like the lack of knowledge. Um, so that's why I'm kind of grateful that we're actually doing this, you know, because not knowing, you know, the full story about something or having the wrong information about something can make you have the wrong judgment or perspective, you know, about the vaccine and the virus itself. And I think that's something we were even seeing at the beginning when Corona first hit the United States, you know, just this lack of information and this lack of knowledge that just brought so much pushback. And so I think we're kind of seeing that again now that they're rolling out the vaccine. Anybody else? I definitely agree because uh, this is something that just popped up out the blue. And if you don't have information on it, things you don't know are most likely going to be the things that you fear. So, you know. For sure. So, I know you talked about Dr. Punch. I think it was the two companies, I think, that's uh, making the vaccine. So my question would be, is it the same vaccine being just made in two different places? Or does each company have its own version or strand of the vaccine? Yeah, so each company has its own version. Now, the types of vaccine. So Moderna and Pfizer are both mRNA-based vaccines. But the one that's coming from the UK, the AstraZeneca, is a more standard type of vaccine. Um, so there's actually seven different kinds that were developed as part of Operation Warp Speed that was fueled by the U.S. government. But then there were countries who had their own, and there are still more ongoing efforts to make the vaccine. Hmm. And that's going to be both good and bad 
because it'll create another layer of confusion. And it's gonna be very important that people understand in their choices to take it or not take it and to get which kind that they understand what they're getting. Yeah. For instance, some of the vaccines require two doses and some require one. But also it's going to make an impact in terms of how much is available. If there weren't all these different kinds of efforts going on, you know, it's already going to be very difficult to get enough vaccine to everybody who wants it, not just in the United States, but in the world. And so it's actually good that these different types have come up in different ways, because, for instance, the more standard vaccines don't require that ultra cold storage because they're not made of little tiny proteins. Mm. And so it's it's <laughs> there's so much to it, pros and cons of having so many different choices. How long would you think um like roughly like just a guesstimation how long do you think is going to be before we see like real life data that shows us you know if it works or how it works um how long do you think it's going to take scientists and doctors to come up with that data uh my answer to your last question is it's going to take at least a year from july that's when we'll know the first tested responses and then another year from now when people are getting it in the general public. So it's going to be a while. Mm. Listen, if you have any other questions, write them down. Maybe I can do some written answers and I'd love to do a follow up because the truth is we're going to know a lot more in the months to come. And I appreciate you letting me share today. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. The City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, and Missouri Foundation for Help. To learn more, visit storystitchers.org. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.